Whilst 1999 was dominated more by talk of the Millennium Bug than about the birth of Jesus, it did give TV and film producers a brief window of opportunity in which to make films about Jesus once again. First, the last year of the 20th century saw numerous Jesus films being shown in cinemas, broadcast on TV, or just released straight to video. These included the excellent animated film The Miracle Maker, Hal Hartley's wry retelling of Christ's second coming in Book of Life, Christian Bale playing Jesus as a mummy's boy in Mary the Mother of Jesus, and a film of the new stage version of Jesus Christ Superstar. Perhaps the most frequently discussed of all these films is the TV miniseries, which was simply titled Jesus. Directed by Roger Young, Jesus was the 11th entry in the Bible Collection series, 13 films which were recorded over a 10 or so year period by the Lux Vide Company. The miniseries format enabled it to run for three hours, not long compared to many Jesus films, but certainly long by today's standards. Part 1 started just before the beginning of his ministry and spends a good deal of its 90 minutes exploring the implications of Jesus' choice to follow the path that had been prepared for him. It's a very interesting move because when compared to the Gospels, most films about Jesus tend to overemphasize either his birth and incarnation or his death and resurrection. Whilst it's these events that are the primary concern of the Church's creeds, they are, in a sense, somewhat predetermined. As a result, they primarily stress Jesus' divine nature. It quickly becomes obvious that the concern of this film is to focus on Jesus' humanity. That has, of course, been the stated aim of the makers of Jesus films for many, many years now, but it's here that the tradition perhaps reaches its fullest expression. Scorsese's Last Temptation of Christ may have been far more controversial, but whilst his inner torments were more sexually explicit, they are perhaps not particularly easy for the average person to relate to. The Jesus of this film, played by Jeremy Sisto, is far more, well, normal. Instead of the angsty, esoteric Christ of Scorsese's film, Sisto gives us the Jesus who is relaxed, easy to be around, and who exudes warmth and compassion. It's easier to see why people want to hang out with him, and are prepared to hear what he has to say. The Jesus of this film also faces temptation. In fact, the same temptation as Scorsese's face Jesus faces, the temptation to reject God's call and settle for domesticity. But the way in which it is portrayed makes it easy to identify with Jesus. As a result, when he finds the strength to continue with his call, we can relate to his decision and find the strength to do it for ourselves. This is also the most playful Jesus to date. He starts water fight with the disciples, swings children round as he walks along the road, and not only claps and dances, but gets his disciples to do likewise. Unfortunately, this aspect of the film is perhaps a little overplayed. The first few instances of this more jovial Jesus are like a breath of fresh air, but it becomes too frequent and ends up being distracting. This is accentuated by the film's other major failing. It fails to make Jesus sufficiently focused. There are moments when we see his anger and passion, but overall Sisto seems to lack substance, or the kind of authority which could help us take him seriously. It's sad, of course, when his goofing around is ended by Pilate's scheming plot, but the proceedings just seem to lack the necessary gravitas. 
Whilst the majority of the Bible Collection's films have featured at least one star name, here there are a number of well-known actors in lead roles. Sisto is ably supported by G.W. Bailey, Deborah Messing, Jacqueline Bissett and Joran Krabber. Most notable amongst these stars is Gary Oldman, whose Pontius Pilate chooses scenery at every available opportunity. Oldman's role is pivotal as Suzette Couture's screenplay skillfully casts him as a puppet master manipulating the chief priests into handing Jesus over. As a result, the film largely avoided charges of anti-Semitism. This, of course, requires a certain amount of artistic license, and indeed one of the features of this production is that it uses plenty of its own backstory to try and get behind these familiar tales. Jesus' relationship with Joseph, for example, is fleshed out to become the dominant focus of the first hour. The film starts with the two of them searching for work, but when Joseph dies suddenly, Jesus struggles to handle his pain and grief. Eventually, it's the death of Joseph which gives him the push he requires to start his ministry. It's all made up, of course, but it's at least plausible, and its strength is that it makes Jesus seem far less remote and brings him closer to home. Unsurprisingly, this TV series has less to offer visually than some of its cinematic counterparts. As is becoming increasingly common, Wazazet in Morocco stands in for Israel, and the results are solid but unspectacular. The most memorable scenes from a visual point of view are those of Jesus' temptation, which is accompanied by a bombastic CGI, flashes forward through the history of Christendom, and a Satan who alternates between male and female. It's a bold move by the producers, but the results are, are somewhat mixed, and are already starting to look a little dated. These criticisms aside, there's much to commend this film. It does a great job of dealing with some of the subject matter of Last Temptation of Christ without getting viewers' backs up unnecessarily. It also manages to discuss some of the philosophical concerns that today's audiences have about Jesus' role in the history of the Western world. Furthermore, it also injects its leading character with real dynamism. When Jesus is overtaken by a group of zealots just before they attack a bunch of Romans, he breaks into a sprint in order to try and dissuade them. His disciples treat him as a friend rather than fearing him. His teaching is interactive, yet he's at ease enough to laugh off the odd heckle. The result is a Jesus for the 21st century, who leaves us wanting more. Yet it's unclear whether that's because we'd like more of the same, or simply because the film never really delivers on its potential. That's all for this Jesus Film Podcast. Next month I'll be looking at Cecil B. DeMille's The King of Kings from 1927.